This is the show with Cannon Brown. Whenever I have kids approach me asking to help them with, you know, running for state office, I always tell them, like, look, if if you're doing this because it looks cool and fun, there's the door. Like, just just leave because you're going to be so dog tired and not be thanked very often that um, you better be in it for the students and be in it to help and be, you know, be a representative for Idaho FFA and ag leadership and, you know, just ag as a whole. Um, and that's where your heart needs to be for sure. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, long year. So that last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? When you uh, when you become a worldwide podcaster, you know, um, there is some technical difficulties you got to figure out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, oh, that's good for trying to get as much done as I could before this, and only leave myself like six minutes to no. I understand. That's that's usually how it goes too. Um, I'm in the process of moving, so um, like I'm leave. I'm moving in like 12 days. So where are you going? It's been Connecticut. <laughs> what? Yeah, my girlfriend just got into law school there, so oh, I'm going, yeah, I'm going with her. And we've been dating yeah. for almost four years, so um, we're we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say that's a justifiable reason for sure. So if you know anybody on the East Coast, um, I, I'm looking to make some friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't I don't think I know a single person. Oh, in perfect. You know, that's not... It, it, it's not uncommon to hear, I found out, in the last um, two months, is that yeah. no one really knows anybody from there. And it, the livestock deal is pretty low key up there. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be great. Good. Um, so Caleb, do you help out with next level at all? I did. Have you ever been to a camp? Yeah, once in uh, Arizona. So I got to meet the entire crew, and then I abandoned ship because I ran out of time in my entire life. So. That's fair. That's how that went. I, yeah, when we were, uh, I, you had been recommended to me, and then I started look like thinking about it, and I'm like, I know Jeff told me something about a Caleb up in Idaho that's really cool or something like that. And <laughs> I was like, this might be the guy. <laughs> I don't know about cool, but there are only so many Caleb's in Idaho that are involved in livestock for sure. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I would say cool. You you'll want to know why I can say cool, and I don't even know you. Sure. Your Facebook profile picture, <laughs> dude. When I and I we haven't been friends on Facebook for long, pretty pretty recent. But that doesn't mean I hadn't seen you in my uh, friends that you may know page. Um, and that's a very distinct profile picture. So I know that I had seen that before and I would, I would kind of see it and I'd be like, Oh, that's a sick picture. But I'm like, I don't really know the guy. So just going <laughs> to, just going to kind of scroll along here. But I would right. see that. I'm like, this guy, he looks like a good time. I mean, I'd like to be friends with him at some point. So was that at a wedding? Yeah. Shout out to my brother for getting married. <laughs> shout out. What's your brother's name? Clancy. Clancy. And shout Stan. out to Clancy. Um, it, I mean, weddings are the best place to throw down and 
top 10 places to get a new profile picture done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the only time, like, that was as hilarious as I just got married two and a half weeks ago. And, uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, like, everyone that was there that knew me from, like, stock shows, they're like, is that Caleb? Because, like, only twice a year does Caleb not wear a hat and actually get dressed up and, like, cleaned up. So, <laughs> it's, it's definitely the best opportunity to get decent pictures. Oh, my God. It's the best. I, I've only been as, like, an, an attendee. Um, I've been in as a, as a groomsman. And every time I grow, go as a groomsman, I, I, like, tell the photographer, I'm like, hey, I'll Venmo you. Like, just, like, take a... <laughs> couple quick shots of me before you go to the bride and i know it's her day whatever uh i'll send you 30 bucks and you will have a little photo shoot on the side of the church and we'll, we'll make myself look really good so um i i have i'm no stranger to asking wedding photographers to do that <laughs> yeah. um how was the wedding was it good it was good you know uh like the last couple of weeks were certainly stressful. It was one of those things that in the beginning, Reese and I were both like, wow, this is, this is easy. Cause you know, we got the big stuff taken care of like catering and venue and DJ and all that. And then you get to all the little details and whew, that was probably the least fun part, but it was a ton of fun having, you know, a bunch of people that we really love and wanted to have celebrate with us. They were all there. And so that was, that was a good time for sure. What was like the littlest detail that you were like, come on guys. Uh, what, I, what was the one that ground your gears? Oh, the one that was just like, you didn't actually just ask me that. Uh, I was asked if I wanted the tablecloths ironed and I <laughs> flat out said, I, I don't care. Don't, <laughs> don't care matter. Oh my gosh. $5 extra on each tablecloth though. <sighs> yeah, you know, squeezing you for money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all. And you just got back from your honeymoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where was that? Antigua. So it's like Eastern Caribbean. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was a good time. Got to relax, have some good food. The rum's really good. Fruit punch. Mm, Delicious. I'm jealous, dude. We're just hanging out by the beach and the water's (laughs) good all year down there, right? Yep. Yep. Clear blue and uh, nothing better to do than just lay on the beach. Gosh dang. That's a good break, honestly. I mean, I always, I always think about that. Like right after a wedding, I know a couple of people they they wait a little bit to take their honeymoon, but it seems like the seems like the move to just kind of get it out of the way with the wedding. Like you're always already like kind of riding that high off the wedding. It seems like you might as well just like just punch that into a little week and a half week vacation something. Bingo, bingo, yeah. bingo. Well, sweet, dude. Well, I'm happy for you. Um, we're new friends, so I mean, I, I I don't necessarily know your wife, but congratulations to her as well. Um, but this isn't about your wife. Who cares about her? This is about you, okay? Here's the deal. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What's her name? Reese? Yep. Yep. Reese. This is about you too, okay? You're, you're a part of it. You're a part of the sheep deal, whether you know it or not. So... Are you from Idaho, Caleb? Yeah, born and raised. Uh, both my both my parents are from Eastern Oregon and grew up in ag backgrounds. And I was born in Boise, which is like the capital main city in, in Idaho, and lived there until I was, oh, three or f- I guess four, I guess, four or five. 
And then we moved out to New Plymouth where we still live and yeah, got the chance to get our hands dirty. My brother and I have one older brother and uh, both got the chance to <clears throat> see if ag was for us and yeah, fell in love with it. So, And you've kind of always been with the sheep deal? Yeah, I mean, I showed I showed all species except for hogs because uh, my dad absolutely hates the smell of pigs. So um, I showed showed steers for a couple of years, showed dairy heifers because there's a replacement program that you can sell <clears throat> dairy heifer bread after like a year and a half of having her. I uh, showed goats, hated that, <laughs> which, yeah, hated that. Hated uh, the goats, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, Why, why'd you hate the goats? Like sheep, sheep are dumb enough that you can just kind of like, they'll just do whatever. Like they're easy to break. Whereas uh, goats have too much personality and think for themselves. Uh, and so too much attitude. Like they were, <laughs> they were, they were crazy. So uh, yeah. So I showed most species, but for the most part, yeah, it was just sheep. Um, wasn't any good at it. Honestly, uh, didn't even win my County fair until I was going into Oh, freshman year of high school. So um, success was a pretty late thing for me. So uh, I try to just help kids <laughs> find it a little faster than I did now. So. Yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of, how old are you? You're like 25? How old? 23. 23. You're a little younger than me. I feel yeah. like that's our generation though a little bit. It's like um, we didn't necessarily have like the big time show. Well, we kind of did, but towards our latter years. And I mean, I, I didn't have a bunch of money showing. I kind of had to finagle my way through it. And now we're able to kind of go to those, use, use the connections that we have today to help those kids find some success. So no, that's a good way to look at it actually. Yeah. Take on like a little bit of a mentor role. Right. Right. It's like that whole, uh, how is it the the Thanos meme? It's like I lead others to a treasure I cannot possess. <laughs> <laughs> what quote is that? Uh, it's off of uh, Endgame, I think. Where that oh, Endgame, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gosh dang, that's such a good movie. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, freaking Idaho, dude. So this is a little off topic, but um, how do you think? Uh, the Idaho livestock deal is is progressing the past like 20 years. What, what, what do you see it on the timeline? Pretty rapidly. Um, you know, I mean, even just 10 years ago, uh, really we weren't doing much. Um, like we might've just bought our first like club lamb buck at that point. Um, I don't remember, I don't think SRV was up here yet. Maven camps hadn't gone off the deep end as it goes for just having a ton of sheep around at that point. Um, and like, there was pretty much no one else. Like the T wall boys did it. Fishers did it. Uh, and those were the two mainstays at that point. But yeah, I mean, now you can fly into Boise and within, you know, two hours East or an hour West that, that swath of land, you can see over a thousand lambs. Um, you know, in that three hour stretch. So it's certainly progressed there. The hogs have gotten really competitive. Like there was a guy uh, that judged a local county fair that I'm friends with that he was just marveling at the top end of the hogs here. And he had never heard of any of the breeders. And uh, so that was, that was kind of cool to hear that, you know, they're making progress too. 
Um, cattle have always been a kind of a staple here just cause we have so many ranches and feedlots that that was always, there were always families here doing that though. Yeah. Yeah. That cattle deal has been kind of a staple up there. It's, yeah. it's kind of like Idaho and Montana and they're, they're kind of connected in that deal. But yeah, I would, I would agree from an outsider's perspective. I think it's been pretty rapid as well. Um, especially, uh, I mean on the goats too. I mean, goats have grown so rapidly everywhere but especially up in that uh northwest region because so many people are figuring out that it's it's a great project for younger kids um if they still want to work a little bit because i'm not saying goats are easy but it's it's a little easier to kind of get a little kid on a goat than bracing a fully right it's between them and sheep yeah. yeah yeah Hmm. Yeah. Pretty rapid up there. Well, that, I mean, that's good for you, obviously. I mean, you're yeah. kind of coming up, you're kind of coming up in that region where it's, it's pretty fast pace. Yeah. It's, it's been growing fast. And what's cool is to see there's, you know, as, as one group of kids gets more competitive another will as well. And so that's, what's been fun is going to jackpots and, and seeing that competition and seeing what's out there. Um, but then what's cool too is, I finally convinced uh, some of the kids I helped to go to jackpots out of state, you know, go to some in Utah, go to the show in Reno and they've done really well, which is awesome to see, you know, that it doesn't matter where they go. They can stack up. So that's been fun to watch. Yeah, dude, I, uh, I judged a little, um, a jackpot show up there for um, Bailey Tracy Mm-hmm. Um, she actually is one of the per- people that recommended you oh. and I'd like to give a shout out to these two girls that I judge there that are freaking killers. I don't know their first names, but the Dugan girls. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Eliza maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got That's a younger sister place. too. She won uh intermediates. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Maybe yep. juniors. Very, very good. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah I got the chance to judge them too. It was just like, all right, best of luck to the rest of you. Honestly, like I, I even told the people behind him, I was like, "There's, it, you're not going to get, you're not going to get ahead of these girls." I mean, not at least at this show, um, right. because you hope that they have a little bit of competition. But, um, gosh dang, they were on it. So shout, shout out those girls. What, what were their names again? Well, Scarlett would be the youngest, and then I think Eliza is the other one that's still showing. I'm pretty okay. sure. I think Vivian okay. graduated. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty pretty stout set right there. Yeah. Um, one thing, uh, uh Boise versus <laughs> Boise. Okay, I, I we got to talk about it. I I understand that it's Boise. Okay. Okay. So don't great. don't come at me. Don't come at me, Caleb. Please don't. Mm-hmm. I understand it's Boise, but. Some people around the block, they're talking talking a little bit of shit, and they're saying it's Boise. So I they're don't from know California. <laughs> <laughs> if so, their opinions don't matter. Oh gosh, do you guys see a lot of those transplants coming in and buying up land, or are they just kind of going to the suburbs? Yeah, I mean both for sure. Because um, everyone, it seems like when they leave California, they want to come here and get you know, two to five acres of land and have a little space and be quote unquote out in the country. And so, yeah, 
ton of ton of Californian implants for sure. Gosh dang, yeah, it it is a beautiful spot though. Yeah, I don't mean, tell I, anyone. Though. Potatoes, yeah, and <laughs> that's all we have here. Yeah, French fries, sheep, and cows. Yeah, that's it. And then don't talk about Coeur d'Alene either. No, we don't have any mountains here. No mountains, no pine trees. <laughs> Oprah doesn't live there. It's fine. It's fine. So did you uh, did you go to school after high school? or? Yeah, so I just graduated this spring from Boise State. It was kind of an unorthodox college path because I did, I did one year and then I ran for state office. Um, and then I took my, what would have been my fourth semester, I would have taken off. And then my fifth semester, I took off too. Uh, while I was running for national office. And so um, took a gap year pretty much in the middle of it and then came back and finished it and graduated this spring. So, yeah. So you were an Idaho state officer? Yeah, I was. Yep. Uh, what position? I was the doormat, man. Sentinel. <laughs> Sentinel by the door. Yeah. You bet. Dude, I rocked yeah. Sentinel. It's uh, the best cha- Chapter level, chapter level, not state level, but... Uh, yeah. Um, it, it is. I mean, it's not the best position, but it's the best position. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just call it the best. How was your experience being a state officer? That was a lot of fun. Um, like what's great about Idaho is it's still small enough that you can hit most every chapter for chapter visits if they're wanting one. Um, so being able to travel throughout the state and and interact with a ton of members. And then, you know, conferences are still small enough that you'll be able to remember a lot of kids' names come state convention. And then, um, yeah, I would, end of the year was really cool because you got to see how a lot of those students grew um, and they remembered you. And, you know, kind of what was really cool is some of the most, you know, seemingly insignificant moments were, were the most meaningful to them. So it was cool to, at the end of the year, you know, when you're dog tired, see that you made a difference for a lot of those kids, which was fun. Yeah, dude, that's such a great experience. I mean, I, I wish I, I mean, I went to junior college right out of high school and kind of gave up that dream of wanting to become a state officer, but experiencing that leadership role and, and getting to interact with all those kids and trying to make a difference, uh, it looks like a great time. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's definitely whenever I have kids approach me asking to help them with you know, running for state office, I always tell them like, look, if, if you're doing this because it looks cool and fun, there's the door, like just, just leave because you're going to be so dog tired and not be thanked very often that um, you better be in it for the students and be in it to help and be, you know, be a representative for Idaho FFA and ag leadership and, you know, just ag as a whole. Um, And that's where your heart needs to be for sure. Otherwise it's going to be a long, long year. So yeah, it kind of sets you up for other leadership roles, like being on like fair boards and stuff like that. I mean, those are um, little less active, but they are thankless roles. And yeah. you're working, you're working, you're working. People are like just telling you how they want it better, or uh, the old board or the old team did it better this way, or something like that. I mean, it kind of sets you up to to be in that slot for a little while. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I don't know I mean, that I want good. to be on a board anytime soon, though. Uh, and <laughs> I would, I would agree with you there. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Um, but also, um, 
there's some good on the fair boards too. I mean, there's a little bit of good. We got to have some people, some good people on fair boards at some point to get them running, you know? So, yes. Um, I don't know if I'm the guy right now, but maybe in 20 years I'll get on. Yeah. If I can, if I can deal with the, uh, all the BS. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I might have too many opinions. So, well, you know, that's one thing where we can say we, you, you're in Idaho and I'm in Arizona and we can say with certainty that, either you being on a fair board up there or me being on a fair board down here, it's going to look pretty dang similar. There's going to be gripes. There's going to be clicks within the fair board. And I don't mean for this episode to take shots at fair boards. So we should probably, I guess, stop talking. Um, do you know, uh, you, you follow Colby Cummings on Facebook? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, dude, you gotta, you gotta add Colby on Facebook because it, he uh he hates county fairs like with a burning passion and he's a steer guy in arkansas and he'd be he'd be a good one to talk to about this he'd go (laughs) off on one i don't know if i'm the guy to to bring down the fair boards or, or talk enough shit but um it is interesting how we can both say that and both be like nah i'm good yeah, for now, for now, I'm sure. For now, yeah, for now. For now, yeah. You know, maybe maybe they they ask nicely, you know, or I or I volunteer myself, actually, that would probably be... See, people are going to be like, uh, ask nicely, you should volunteer for that role. But, okay, just stop, yeah. please. Don't, don't come at me now, please. Yeah. Do you know a, uh, you know a Mitch Royer? Yeah, yeah, he was a state officer with my brother. Dude, I uh, love Mitch Royer. So I met Mitch in Reno, Nevada at a Alpha Gamma Rho convention uh-huh. and kind of got to know him. And he was like, it was his year after his state officer year and got to be pretty good friends with him there and kind of tried to keep in touch. But whenever I thought of Idaho FFA, I always thought of Mitch, and I was just like, that's awesome. I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, he is one of one for sure. He is one of a freaking kind. My gosh. Like, I look at this guy, and I'm like, looks a little dweeby. But then he starts talking. I'm like, this might be one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Exactly. Yeah, very confident. And he's a pretty decent auctioneer, too. Yes. Yes, he yeah. is. So sh- shout out to Mitch Royer. Go follow him on Facebook and give him some jobs on auctioneering. Tell him uh, Caleb sent, it, sent you. Um, so state office was good. Yep. Gosh dang, dude. I, I mean, state office is so wild. We could talk about state office forever. Do you feel like, and this might be a controversial question to ask you here. Do you feel like you had enough of a, a leadership position in state office? Do you feel like you got like, or do you feel like it was like a little outlined? As it goes for given some autonomy as for like making changes in the organization or. Well, it kind of expressing yourself and, and maybe them being receptive to changes maybe from, from the point of view of a person that was just in that role as a member. And now you're a state officer trying to implement maybe a little bit of change that you want to see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, honestly, the the 
the association has been pretty receptive to feedback. And if it makes sense to do, you know, on all sides, they'll do it. Um, and honestly, as a state officer, kind of a bigger role rather than, you know, affecting say policy change would be more, probably more, um, just the experience you give members, right? So whether that be workshops, conferences, um, you know, uh, like community service events, like packing meals, uh, like Meals on Wheels, we did that a few times. Um, you know, things like that really change the feel and excitement. Like that's another thing. Do you know you did your state officer year well if there's really high attendance and really big excitement at state convention because those students are so fired up and and that's i mean that's the biggest change you can make is just getting kids excited about ffa and you know agricultural education um so i don't know that we were super worried like in idaho thankfully you know there's not a ton of really controversial things happening regarding policy to where we could focus more on our job and in helping students so yeah. No, I think you hit the nail on the head, honestly. I mean, that's, that is what a state officer is being about and, and interacting with those kids. So they want to go to more competitions, some CDE events. So they want to go to state convention or state camp or, or do you guys have a state camp up there? Yep. Yep. We do it. We actually helped start the, the first one. So that was one of the changes we got to help make. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. That was one of my favorite times. I love state FFA camp. That was um, that was a great great experience for. I think I went like three times, maybe more. Yeah. Great time. So you guys implemented that your year, the year after. It was so we retired in April, and it was the first one happened that June. I'm pretty sure. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we got to help kind of the format and general general feel for it. So, yeah. So state office happens. Yeah. Then you go back to school. Well, I uh, no, because that fall after I retired, I ran for national office. Oh, you ran for national office. How was that experience? What what fall was this? Oh, lordy. Uh, fall of 2019. Because I skipped a year, right? So I only had one year of eligibility to run for national oh, office. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, well, if I'm going to try, I'm going to do it this year. So Gotcha. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, it was, it was good. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty eye opening. Um, cause like, as it goes for funding from our state association, like my, the jacket I got for being national officer candidate was paid for. And, uh, my flight to Indianapolis was paid for hotel rooms were paid for, which is awesome. Right. Cause I'm, I would guarantee there's some kids that don't even get that. Um, but on the other hand, there were some states that I'm not going to name because I don't care to start anything. But there's multiple states that have like a five, ten thousand dollar budget for training um, for their national officer candidate. Everything from like speech therapists and like uh, like ha- like hiring someone to train their national officer candidates. As it goes for putting them through a bunch of interviews, standing you know standing delivers things like that. Um, that for a lot of these kids, it was really cutthroat. And so uh, it was pretty, it was like an even split. I would say 50, 50 of kids that were like really, really good hearted, definitely there for the right reasons. um, Really cared about the association um, and felt like they could give, you know, give more to it. Uh, And then, you know, there was another half that it it was very much all a game for them. And 
that was that was very interesting because that was something I hadn't experienced. Because in Idaho, with our selection process, it's very much about character, right? So if they don't think you're a good person that's going to do your job well and be selfless for an entire year, you're not going to get picked. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, the most skilled. Um, if your heart's not in the right spot, you're not going to get selected. Whereas at the national level, uh, it's almost entirely rubrics. And so, did you score on these, you know, these attributes well? During these, yeah, they're they're kind of already expecting you to be a good person at the national level, right? Which, which shouldn't be expected. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So it it was pretty cutthroat at the national level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't you know, it was it was not a negative experience for me by any means because I don't I'm not phased by those sorts of interactions. But it was definitely surprising to me how many how many were probably there for more uh, self serving reasons than. Yeah, I mean yeah. it. It is a if you play your cards right, it's a life changing experience. Yep. I mean yep. it's a, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. I had a buddy uh, that served as national office. His name was Bryce Clough. Is Bryce Clough? He, he's, he's still yep. with us today. So I don't know why I said was. <laughs> um, but and he's uh, he made connections that I probably won't make in forty years. You know so. Um, Gosh, dang. That is crazy. I mean, you would expect that, though, but going into it, you're like, you're fired up for FFA. You're like, let's go change the world. I'm going to get on national office. I'm going to see the world. I'm going to go to China. I'm going to um, go to all these different chapters around the country and influence. And then some kid comes up to you and, like, gives you a smirk or something at the water fountain because he's like, I just heard your speech, bud, and it sucked. <laughs> I can only sure. imagine. <laughs> People would do that in uh, reasons rooms, and like uh, when you're all kind of like sitting together in a hallway. People would do that. Did you ever judge? No, I love I love judging. I never did livestock judging. Um, yeah, I felt it was it was not for me. It's fairly canned. So, yeah, well, that's fair. No, I. <laughs> I that's okay with me, dude. I completely understand. I've always been, you know, those, um, all the social media posts come up and it's like, you don't have to judge in college, be a good judge in a show. I've always been a proponent of that as well. I don't necessarily think that you have to go to junior college or senior college to have the knowledge to judge a show. It definitely helps some people. Um, but I don't necessarily think you need to go through that to have all the knowledge. Right. So, yeah. But you said you judge some shows. Yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing major. You know, I'll do a couple counties or three counties a year, and then a couple jackpots usually. Um, yeah, shameless plug. Certainly looking to judge more, and I'm cheap. If you feed and water me and give me a little bit of gas money, we're cool. So, oh, don't ever feel bad about those plugs. So, um, just a little louder for the people in the back. Caleb is available. <laughs> For your fall fairs, okay? So reach out, please. Um, maybe we'll get you. Maybe we'll get you a job. Maybe. People are always looking for good, like sheep and goat guys. I don't know. I I am assuming that's your specialty. Yeah, that's. I mean, like I've done a I've done uh, a couple shows that you know I had to do other species, and that's that's cool as long as there's not many. But my philosophy has always been that like I don't. I don't care to judge species that I don't raise. And I really kind of place the same expectations on who, you know, who I go show to. Um, Cause in my opinion, if you're not looking at those things every single day, you know, I, 
I'm not sure I trust you to make quick, accurate decisions. So, yeah, I think um, I think that's a great way to look at it. Actually, I, I wish that we could go through and um, I wish the county fairs had a budget to make that work. You know, right? Um, or like even jackpot shows had a budget to make that work. Um, but the logistics of it are a freaking nightmare for just yep. regular associations or jackpots. But I hear what you're saying, dude. I, especially when I was showing hogs, man, if like somebody's made a call and I'm like, dude, I don't know, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it hurts a little bit harder, you know? Yep. Yeah. No, but as a judge, I'll, but as a judge, I'll go out there and make calls all the time. I'm like, whatever, let's go. I was hired. <laughs> I mean, I just judged that goat show a week and a half ago and I felt good about it, but I mean, I don't raise goats. Well, and like, if it's small enough, like, yeah, like someone that's around livestock is going to be able to make most of the right decisions. But if it's, if it's a big enough thing that they are flying in you for one species, like, you should probably be raising it. Agreed. Like, if you're touch Indiana State Fair, you should probably raise sheep. Guaranteed, yes. And that's where, yeah, we're agreeing on there. Those big national shows or something like that, like, you should be raising hogs um, to have an opinion on the market or breeding show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree there. Um, God, this judging dynamic is getting weird, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's... It's just changing so much. I mean, because, I mean, still like 15 years ago, you had extension agents judging shows, really not knowing what the heck they were doing, or like maybe local um, FFA leaders or, or ag teachers that had experience in high school or something like that. But now it's becoming an actual like uh, thing that people are sought out for, and there's like a process to get picked, and you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's good for the most part, probably. Oh, I think it's great. I yeah. wish there was a directory. I keep saying, I've said on this podcast, I've given livestockjudging.com, judging 101, you can take this, make a livestock judge directory where people can go on there. And if you're a county fair um, superintendent, you can have a, um, you can have a sign-on sheet and you can rate judges that you have in the past. Not It's not open to everybody, but it's open to ex- uh, superintendents, leaders of junior associations. I, I feel like that would be a great a great way to kind of moderate who's judging these shows and maybe if you get a bad rating, you get ranked a little bit lower, you know. I mean, it, I, I don't feel like it would be too difficult but maybe i'm wrong yeah yeah no maybe you should just start the canon brown directory i don't know maybe maybe i should yeah i mean i've i've I've, I've been giving them uh this idea maybe i should just take it myself i guess yeah i mean shoot might as well it doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue um we might have to brain workshop the workshop the name um but but we'll figure it out i'm sure <laughs> you're you're in it now so you came up with the name so you're you're in it so all right i'm cool with that <laughs> <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, dude, that's funny. Okay, so, okay, you run for national office. Unfortunately, you don't make it. That happens. Nope. Nope. But that was totally like it was a total blessing because that entire year was the the COVID year to where they didn't get to do anything. They were grounded for I think nine months of the twelve. So Oh yeah. Oh that's yeah. so rough. Yeah. I feel so bad for those guys. Yeah, it was not not fun for a lot of them. So Did they yeah. did they deserve it? To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know the guys that made it. I'm sure you had interactions with them. I, I'm just messing with you. You don't have yeah. to say anything. Yeah. No, most of them were very, very, very good people. So that's good. That's good. Most. I just we'll leave it at that and move on with life. Um, um okay. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the other thing too, is like that spring after is when I started brainstorming all the supplement stuff. That was my test year. Okay. Yes. And yeah. what kind of made you want to start something like that? Uh, I mean, tell everybody what it is really quick. Yeah. So the name of the company is Sawtooth Supplement Science. You can call it Sawtooth Supplements. That's less of a mouthful. That's fine. Um, but very much wanted to integrate science. Uh, and so that's the background that I have. Um, so graduated from Boise State with a chemistry major uh, with a biochem emphasis, biology minor. And so that's just kind of where my brain's always gone. And, and being in that department, you get access to a lot of databases of research. And so it's not hard to piece together uh, what what direction you should be going with these things. Um, obviously, since I'm a small ruminant guy, that's that was the, the initial market. Uh, but the products are for all species and they've started to really pick up in all the other species. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things that like that's the year that I started, you know, coaching and consulting, quote unquote, uh, some local kids and of course, that's the question they ask, right? You get a decent base feed, you have your roughage, you got your water. And then, of course, the next question is, okay, what supplements should we be feeding? And what was really frustrating and discouraging to me was that, um, you know, you could look out into the market and pretty quickly spend a pile of money per day in supplements, like, like two, three times as much as you are on grain, as a chemistry major with a biochemistry emphasis and a biology minor, um, you know, my brain kind of just works in the way of, you know, figuring out pathways and and supplementation and then being able to find literature. And what was, what was nice about being a a chemistry major is you have access to all these databases of research. um, And it's pretty easy to, to go through and sort through, okay, this is good data. This is not, uh, and, and pretty quickly figure out what direction you should be going, what, what ingredients and modes of supplementation are worthwhile and which ones are probably just fairy dust. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of how it got started. And it was one of those things that <clears throat> that year is when I started helping kids with, you know, feeding and exercise and all of that. And, you know, once you get your base feed and whatever else, then of course the first question out of their mouths is, what supplements should we be feeding? And it was so frustrating to me because, um, you know, you'd go out and look in the market and you would need one for gut health. You need one for, you know, there's zinc and manganese or, you know, a trace mineral pack to make sure they're getting uh, micronutrients they need. You know, there'd be one for hair growth. There'd be one for immune health. There'd be one for fungus. There'd be one for, uh, Oh, like hydration and heat stress. And it was one of those things where I'm sitting there like, why don't, why don't we just combine all of these things? Because no one says, yeah, give me the gut health, but I really don't care how their immune system's doing. Right. Like no <laughs> one says, Hey, I, you know, 
I, I love the shiny hair. Give me good hair, but like, yeah, I don't care if they eat. Um, and so it, it was one of those things of, it seemed very logical. Why don't we, why don't we combine a lot of these concepts and do it better? And so that's what I set out to do. And, um, 11 test batches later, uh, Cornerstone was born, the final formula of Cornerstone. Um, and so that's, that's a product that combines, um, eight different products, uh, more or less in the market, uh, with some, with some additions and some modifications to improve, um, how those products work. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things that it replaces very conservatively five bucks a day in supplements for, uh, 75 to 80 cents a day. And so that was that was kind of the initial one, and when when those families started really using those that product and saying like, "Hey, this stuff's really working. You need to you need to like keep going. Like, let's find other spaces that this can be improved." Uh, and so then I set out into the more the protein side or muscle growth side, and and what was you know what was frustrating there is a lot of protein supplements work really well for that first month and a half, two months, and then response drops um, with just pure. Um, protein supplements. And so then I created bulk up that, uh, yes, it's got, you know, premier, uh, protein sources and the best possible fat sources on the market, but then it's got multiple actives in there, uh, to optimize <clears throat> muscle recovery, muscle growth, muscle stamina, uh, to make sure they're growing, uh, as much muscle as they can while they're being exercised. Um, and then after that, my mind wandered into the whole drenching side of things, which anyone that's a small ruminant person <clears throat> knows how big of a pain that is because everyone's got their own formulas, but at the end of the day, 90% of them are almost exactly the same. Uh, but no matter what formula it was, you were having this you know, 10, 12, 14-year-old kid have to mix six, seven ingredients together, shake it up, and it'd take a lot of time, and it would take a lot of money because you're buying each of those ingredients at retail. And so... Uh, then my next thought was, okay, why don't we, why don't we do away with that? Let's, let's make the best possible drench and have it pre-made, just, you know, ready to go, shake and go. Um, and so that's what we did with second wind. Um, and that's been a real smash hit. Uh, and then, you know, this, the most recent ones have been, um, sweet coat, uh, which, uh, replaces other high calorie liquids on the market, like maybe dine, um, redid the emulsion on that. I felt like uh, the emulsion on that was pretty heavy. And that's why a lot of times with Dine, if you push it too hard, you'll blow out their gut. Um, what do you mean by oil? emulsion? So emulsion, any emulsion is where you're bringing two uh, states. So two different things that don't want to stay together. So like oil and water don't want to stay together. Um, and, and emulsifier will pull those two together and keep them in the same state. Mm. Um and so if you, if you do it right, the, the product will still be light, it'll flow well, um, and it won't mess up their gut. Whereas if you do it heavier or if you throw in a bunch of pectin, uh, it can kind of sit in their gut like a rock. And sometimes you'll see that with some of the high-calorie liquids on the market. Um, okay. And so that's what, I, that's what I did with Sweet Coat was just, you know, why don't we improve on the emulsion, make it a little thinner so it's easier to pull into a drench gun if people are wanting to do that. Uh, but also make it easier on their guts um, and make it and make it more affordable because um, that stuff is you know fifty fifty five a gallon, uh, whereas a lot of the others are seventy plus now. So, so that was that one. Um, and then the most recent two are uh, Chill Out and Redfish. Uh, Chill Out's a calming paste, uh, and it was another one of those things where it's like, hey, this calming paste works on some animals. This calming paste works on some animals. 
but the reality is most of them on the market just they they would there would be a pretty significant gap of animals that didn't respond to them uh, and so it's like hey why don't we really go for a comprehensive calming pace that you know no matter what the animal is it, it's going to respond to it and it's going to have a pretty even consistent long lasting response um, so that's what we did there. And then redfish, kind of a funny name, but redfish lake up in the mountains of Idaho. Um, the mountains that don't exist, by the way, don't come to Idaho. It's ugly. <laughs> um, that was just an electrolyte that, uh, you know, it's one of those things, a solid electrolyte's not crazy hard to do. Um, but it seemed like a lot of electrolytes on the market were really high priced, uh, and getting expensive. And, and those are just, you know, it's such a necessary part of a, of a show program. So figured what the heck, let's make one that's affordable and, and make some improvements on some of the others on the market. So, yeah. So when you're, when you're testing or when you're trying to create a new product, are you're taking other products that are similar and you're, you're kind of testing those out in the lab or, or what's the process there? No, um, <clears throat> probably less that. So, I don't, I generally don't look out in the market and say, okay, this product works. Let's see if we can mimic it. Um, probably the only product I did that with would be, you know, something like Dine or other high calorie liquids. Cause there was kind of a model there that worked. And I wanted my, my highest priority was let's have a good fat supplement. That's not going to blow up their gut. Um, but like Cornerstone is honestly its own standalone product. There were concepts in each product of like, Hey, this one's going to focus on, um, you know, like tannins that'll help with immune response for, you know, fungus. And this one, you know, does a really good job with, um, you know, appetite and whatnot. So um, less of copycat, more of implementing ideas and and improving on them uh, and and combining them. But the first step really comes to formulation of K, what do I want per dose? How much of active ingredients do I want per dose uh, and why do I want that amount? So, you know, digging through literature to find, okay, was there research done at certain dosages per, you know, per hundred pounds um, that showed consistent results that were able to be replicated? And then once you get through that, you get, you know, you get to your test batch, you get that done, uh, and then you let it kind of sit uh, and make sure, okay, is this product going to hold up? Is it going to gum up into a giant ball of goop? Is it going to separate? You know, does the product look nice? Um, and then once that box gets checked, then you send it out to a bunch of customers to try out that really have a uh, <clears throat> a really exact method. Uh, and, and it's one of those things that you can get good data from them as it goes for uh, how to best use it and, and where, where it needs to be improved. So that was one of the things about um, Cornerstone that I really had to work on was palatability because not all animals are going to love just a plain yeast culture based supplement. Uh, and so how can we improve on palatability while stuffing in uh, a good number of ingredients like betaine uh, that aren't as palatable as, as say just straight yeast culture would be. Um, and then once you're able to get consistent results uh, and, and even do blind tests, like I would send uh, multiple samples to people uh, that were just labeled one, two and three uh, and say, okay, feed these to lambs that you feel are pretty similar in type and kind and similar, similar stage of the game as it goes for maturity. And, and you tell me what you notice as it goes for differences. And then of course we would do it here too with, with keeper you lambs we were having around and keeper bucks. Um, so you try to get as much data as you can. And, and it's one of those things that I'm not afraid to, 
I'm not afraid to keep something in the test phase for years if needed. Like second wind took a long time to, to perfect, um, to make sure I got it right. And in fact, it was, Oh, two years in the making. So, uh, it's one of those things that until I feel real comfortable with results, I, I won't, I won't release it into the market. Hmm. So what, what is your, what's your trial period? What's your ideal trial period? So when you formulate a product or you even think of a product about what's your timeline from thinking about that product, figuring out what needs to go inside, sending it out to potential or uh, past clients that can feed it and test it. How long is your, is your duration, your ideal duration there? Yeah. So, uh, cornerstone, was like a year and three months um, from first test batch to final formula. Um, bulk up was, I want to say 11 months. So pretty long. Um, second wind, there were so many different versions that um, that was like two and a half years. Cause that was from inception until like this summer in June mm. uh, is when it finally dropped. Um, yeah. Um, cause that was one that like a lot of drenches have so much water in them, but then I didn't want to be shipping water weight. And so then it came back to getting the emulsion right to where you could hold all of those active ingredients without them just sinking to the bottom or clumping up or separating or anything like gotcha. that. Gotcha. Um, so that yeah, was, dude, you, you're kind of like a, you're, you're a little mad scientist. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, one of our wedding presents was, uh, the crazy supplement guy. I got a chair that says that on the back of it. That's awesome, so. dude. I love it. Yeah. That's so. fr- freaking sweet. Um, yeah. so the supplements are going well, shout out. So sawtooth supplement, what, um, science. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, follow that on Facebook. That's for sure. Um, Shout out them. And then you also raised some sheep. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing uh, show lambs since, oh, like we've had sheep for a long, long time. We got Dolly, the speckle face from the sale barn when I was seven. Matriarch. But really didn't sell. Yes. Absolutely matriarch. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have any sheep that go back to her because none of that's them were good. Any good yeah. It's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sentimental thing for me. Um, but we didn't start raising like show sheep, like buying like clubby ewes and, and bucks until 2012. So uh, call it 10 years we've been doing this somewhat seriously, probably eight actually seriously. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun thing to see grow. Uh, cause initially when my, you know, when we got used, my brother and I each had six and my dad said, that's it. 12 plus Dolly. That's it. That's, that's your flock, uh, capping it at that. And then, uh, 12 grew to 24 and 24 grew to 50, 50 grew to a hundred. And then we, I think we went from, well, actually we went from 50 to 250 in like a year and a half or something like that. Something stupid. Jesus. So, don't, don't recommend that. Uh, at this point, I'm trying to cut down because I, like you, am moving in a couple weeks. I'm moving to Oklahoma for grad school, and that's where that's where Reese is at for undergrad. Um, and so I think we've got, I don't even know. At the beginning of the year, we had like 350 matures, 60 recips, and probably another 30 or 40 keeper yearlings or falls that we had around. So a lot 
Um, that's a yeah, bunch, so that's, dude. That's another free plug. Uh, <clears throat> shameless plug. I have I have great mature used for sale that have made consistent winners and high selling sheep for affordable prices. So if you want to start a flock, hit me up because uh, we can get you set up. In fact, another shameless plug. We actually have a uh, you pick the buck bread you sale opening tonight, ending tomorrow. So well, look at that. And this is actually not going to go out until like next week. So. <laughs> Um, that, that, that won't help you out here, but <laughs> not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. It's it's not tomorrow because we're, we're keeping it in. I'm going to keep it in there just so people know that that you had one. But um, uh, also, um, how many use? Uh there's like twelve in that sale. But we're going to be selling some exposed U lambs at the end of the month. Um, probably another eight or ten there, and then we'll have another. Hopefully, ten to twelve bread ewes in October that we'll sell. So, okay, yeah. Well, sweet dude, and you're, um, yeah. I see you're posting a bunch of bucks. I'm pretty sure on Facebook lately. Yeah, that was one of those things I hadn't I hadn't introduced a few of those, uh, and then I realized, crap, they're they're options for that sale. So I should <laughs> probably let people know what they are. That's funny. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, well, everyone, don't go to that sale because it's already over with. Um, but check out the supplement company. Go give uh, Caleb a follow on Facebook. Do you have an Instagram handle you want to give out? Uh, sure. Uh, I think it's uh, Caleb.Johnston underscore, I think. What about a yeah. Snapchat? You want to give out Snapchat to any of these hoodlands? Oh, no, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably. Uh, some of my early guests uh, did that, and they're still getting added to this day. Yeah, I, I it's a bad deal. But I always give people the option, you know, <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah. Um. All right, dude. Well, you're a reoccurring guest now. So, um, whenever I text you and say, "Hey, let's come on," you have to come on. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of how that goes. Sorry. Um. And yeah, we'll stay in touch, dude. I hope. Uh, I hope people like your interview. I mean, you seem like a cool guy. I'm glad I know you now. <laughs> Thanks. You too, man. We'll have to yeah. connect. If you're ever, if you're ever in uh, Oklahoma, let me know. I'm going to try to make it to OIE this next year. Oh, good. good. So um, I might see you there. And then, uh, um, oh, what was I going to say? Dang, can't remember. All right, dude. Well, uh, stay on the call for a little bit because it okay. has to upload and everything. Um, after I hit stop, then like, let it sit there for like three seconds and you can do whatever you want. Okay. okay. All right, okay. dude. Well, Caleb, thanks for coming on. Um, if you have anything else to say to young people out there, maybe go ahead. Oh man, that's right. I didn't mean spot. to put you on the spot right there. That's I really didn't. We spot. can just, I, I'm going to just go back and we can give a little closing line. <laughs> do you want me to give the closing line? Or Let do you have say, any wis- words of wisdom like four, to give out? Four seconds. I might have some wisdom. Okay, I'll give you a couple. Nope, I have none. You can just get okay. The <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, Caleb. That's staying in, by the way. Uh, all right, Caleb. So, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll have you on again in the future. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, man. All right, dude.